Hi there, and welcome to the Find Calm Here podcast. I'm your host, Deb Shell. On this podcast, I share conversations I have with community builders who offer tips on what's worked for them and resources that have helped them find calm in the community building process. If you're a new community builder or just considering a community to bring your clients, customers, or audience together, but don't know how or what to do, I'd be happy to help you gain clarity during a discovery call. You can also sign up for the Calm Community newsletter to learn more about the upcoming resources and events happening in the Find Calm Here community. Uh, Those links will be in the show notes for you as well. Uh, If you need support and accountability of a group of community builders, I'd love to invite you to join us inside the Find Calm Here community. You'll receive support and tools to help you have a successful launch, grow your membership, and tackle any challenges with the support of peers in a safe space that's enjoyable and affordable. We've got tons of awesome things happening inside. Recently, I just launched the Calm Guides and The Calm Guide uh, to onboarding is now up. uh, Sections one and two are up. Sections three is coming up uh, within the next week. Uh, I'm excited as we're recording this in the beginning of September. And so I'm really excited to share all these different Calm Guides that we're doing inside the community. And so if you have questions, let me know. Uh, Make sure you subscribe to listen to all the awesome podcasts that are coming up. Uh, Today, I am happy to uh, introduce Kelly Pratt. She's the founder of Athena Village, an online community bringing together hard and soul-centered women through authentic stories, thoughtful questions, and soulful conversations. She mentors and coaches creative entrepreneurs to find their best flow, their creative rhythm. She works with them as they turn their ideas and passions into products, artistic creations, books, and fabulous new business adventures. Her mission is to amplify women's voices for impact in the world. She dives deeper with her clients and members as they turn their passions and ideas into actionable, tangible products. Welcome, Kelly, to the Find Calm Here podcast. Thank you, Deb. It's great to be here. Yeah. So um, I'm excited to chat with you today. I know you've done a lot with community, but let me just first ask, maybe let's go back to the origin of when you started um, building community or or getting involved in community, if it was an in-person community or an online community, whatever that means for you. Um, Yes, it goes way back. Um, Honestly, it goes back, honestly, before internet. Um, I worked in the film industry And this part of my career in the film industry, I was working as um, a part of a team that was part of the uh, film commission, meaning we were the part in in Minnesota, we brought films, we talked people into coming with their movies to the state of Minnesota. And we were the only nonprofit film commission in the country, which meant we didn't have much of a budget. And so we had to sort of grassroots it. And what we did was we started, well, we didn't have email or anything at the time because it literally was before email was there. So we started phone calling people. We asked folks, who do you know in the industry? And we started calling people and sending postcards and saying, you know, do you know anyone in Hollywood? And we started literally reaching out to people who had some kind of a job in the industry from a PA to a secretary, to a producer. Um, Donna Smith was a woman who was from Minneapolis who ended up being one of the um, first women heads of production in Hollywood. So we literally started reaching out and we created what we called the uh, ice pack 
we're from Minnesota. It's very cold here in the winter, right? And we started that kind of grassroots community. I didn't know at the time that that's what I was doing, was we were creating community. We were building and connecting people who had a common interest. And, you know, as um, so that would have been in the late 80s. And moving forward, I was I did that job for a little more than 10 years. And we created a community that had more than you know, a couple thousand people. And that's how it started. And it's still going strong today. And that's how it began. And I think the first place we found those folks was in a bar in Hollywood, Telly Savalas's bar, where people would gather to watch the Vikings play football or something. But it was very grassroots. And we, I didn't know how much I would love bringing people together around a common interest. And it has stuck with me. Didn't identify it as building community until relatively recently, but that's where it all began. Mm, that's awesome. I think about, you know, community and we talk about how we participate in community in person. And yeah, I've just um, been, I love bringing people together and been doing mm -hmm. it for so long in person. And, but I just started like doing this online thing. So, and I know you're not, you're, I think you've been doing it a little bit longer than me, but I don't even know how, um, when did you start doing online community building? The online community started, um, oh, summer of 2016. I had an idea. I'm a, a certified Martha Beck wayfinder coach. And in the summer of 2016, I had an idea for a group coaching process that I called the So Do It Salons for Making Shit Happen. And I wanted a way to bring, um, they were in-person salons, but I wanted a way to bring them together in between. We met every other week and I wanted to bring them together in between. But I didn't want to use traditional social media because of the distraction factor um, I wanted something that was calm, <laughs> that wouldn't um, kind of do what I found, what social media was doing to me personally at the time. So I started kind of doing my research and finding that there were community platforms. That's when I started building my online community was in, I found um, the platform I use, which is Mighty Networks. I found that in 2016 and built my first iteration of my community in late 2016. And it was called the So Do It Society. And it served just my clients at that time. So that's how far back I go with this. And I've stuck with that platform since then. Yeah, so I met you through uh, Mighty, Mighty Networks, and mm -hmm. uh, we connected a couple times before, and I'm in your community, uh, which yep. is a really cool place, and have connected with a couple people in there over time. Good. And so tell, tell us a little bit about Athena Village and, and how that kind of uh, became. So, so Do It Society, which is the same community that Athena Village is now, started, like I said, just to support my clients um, that were part of the So Do It Salons. But in a couple of years ago, I realized that my passion was more about supporting women and their ventures, not just my own clients. I love what other women like you, Deb, and all the other women that I'm around are doing. And so in early, or I guess fall of 2019, I came to the realization that I wanted to, you know, it takes a village, right? And so... 
I realized I wanted to morph my um, current online community into more of a village where instead of one particular topic that we would address inside my community, it was more along the lines of a village where we would address the many um, facets that women uh, that women have. I mean, we wear women. I'm I'm in my 60s now, and I have a lot of hats. I've had many careers. I have stepkids. I have um, I'm the guardian to someone. I have aging parents. I have all sorts of different things that I am responsible for in my life, not just one thing. And I wanted a community that would say to these women, "We see you, and we see all of the various hats you wear." So come on in, let's share our audiences with one another because they all share values and set up shop in my community. And then your folks are going to see what I'm doing. My folks are going to see what you're doing and then tell them what you're doing outside my community. So as one of my collective members said, it's sort of like a chamber of commerce for uh, women and their ventures. So my timing kind of stunk. It was right before COVID was my big launch. But honestly, um, you know, timing is perfect no matter when you do it because it just, it is, right? You don't get to plan some of those things. And um, so I launched my new Athena Village uh, from So Do It Society right before COVID. And we've doubled in size and it's growing. We have... Um, more than 400 members now, and we have collective members who are setting up shop in the village, and they talk about their zone of genius, and then they also take classes and, and talk about and learn from the other collective members, so it's really fun. I'm having a blast. That sounds amazing. What a transformation of just uh, mm -hmm. really recognizing the direction. And yeah, as women, we all have different roles, no matter uh, what, you know, where you are in any stage. Um, there's all kinds of things where we're kind of, you know, trying to keep juggling, right? Yes. <laughs> so, spinning plates, great. as I, you know, spinning I think plates. about running between all the plates that we're spinning. And, and COVID really did, um, that was a time that really showed how women are, you know, there's a big burden that many of us are carrying. And that was one of the things I, I talk about wanting to the women that come in to our village to feel seen, to feel um, that they're being supported and then celebrated for what, what it is they're doing. And I hope that that's what we're, my partner, Joy Kange and I are doing there. Hmm. How do you, uh, yeah, what, what things do you do in your community? What's uh, maybe, maybe some events or things that you decided when you created the structure of the new, of the new, which is now Athena Village, what were your thoughts as far as what you uh, wanted to do with these uh, women? I believe that we all have uh, kind of a zone of genius. And, you know, you hear that phrase, jack of all trades, master of none. I don't believe in that. And maybe, I don't know. I granted I am a feminist. And so I believe in, you know, the fact that women kind of rock, but, um, I'm a master of a lot of different things. So we are, but I don't believe in being an expert in one thing. 
and I don't believe in my way or the highway. So what we're offering in the village is a bunch of different people who are on a journey and who have really interesting stories to tell about their journeys. You know, like the story I told a little bit ago about how I started in the community. That's from my time in the film industry. But I also have, I can't even count the number of careers I've been in. And so the women that we are um, attracting are women who have been on fabulous journeys and have great stories to tell and great lessons to teach. And that's what what I am passionate about is that we are all sharing our journeys with one another and learning from each other. Um, so we're doing one of the, the, I guess I, what would I call it? A program is we have Athena village salons and a salon is defined as a gathering under the roof of an inspiring host. And it's basically just to talk about something interesting. And so our collective members get to choose a topic and choose a, you know, third Thursday or something time of the um, month. And we do these open salons for anyone in the uh, membership. And if they feel like it, they can open it up to the world. And we talk about interesting things. We have one that talks about travel. We have one that talks about business, just whatever comes up. We have one that talks about self-care. She is a self-care um, genius. We have one that talks about, um, creativity. She is a, a person who dives deep, deep, deep into the world of creativity and what makes people creative. So you can pretty much find something that's going to tickle your fancy from one month to the next. And it's not something that you have to sign up for and feel compelled to attend. You can, if, if you want to attend one month to the next, you can. So that's one of our big programs. And our shops are starting to open now with our various uh, collective members from business coaching to um, creative, uh, a creative center to a, a self-help center to all sorts of um, different collective members. Hmm. That's really cool. I like how you're describing these as like salon and shops and like <laughs> and you're talking about a village, like you're can really visualize it kind of being like a little online town. It is. Cool. That's what I, I, <laughs> I, I picture myself kind of like Jane Jetson in my little, you know, on a road trip in the, in the internet coming upon this town where I'm like, Oh, look at that. I want to go to that coffee shop and I want to visit that bookstore and I want to go here. And in my dream, this place is a, a, a place that people will join and come back and visit often because there's always something new happening. And where, again, I believe so strongly in sharing audiences because I don't need to keep all my people to myself. If I know something, I'm sure my people will love what you're doing, Deb, and will love what Marsha is doing and will love what uh, Joy is doing. So it, there's enough for everyone. And that's basically the kind of the nuts and bolts of my of, of the village and what we're doing there. Yeah. I love collaborative instead of competitive. And I really, uh, I know you and I talked about that a while ago and one of the first times we talked and I think mm -hmm. it just really, uh, is a different perspective because as business people, we're just like, you know, have a different hat or a mindset. So I think mm -hmm. it's a different, well, this is a passion project for you too. It sounds it like. It certainly is. It's, um, 
And it's something that I've heard a lot about. When I first became a coach, I heard the word coopetition. And it was something I'd never heard before, but it you can actually look it up. And the definition is collaborative competition, where people like you and I, we both are community builders, where we recognize that there is something that we're both doing something very similar, but there are differences in what we're doing. And if I can't provide to someone exactly what they need in a community, but I can say to them, you know, I know this woman, Deb Shell, she's doing something very similar, but it's a little bit more what you're looking for. Here's how you get a hold of her. And that builds goodwill. It builds community. <laughs> you know, that's basically yeah. what we're all about. And it does, the reason I'm, my, uh, our community is Athena Village, there's a book called The Athena Doctrine, which was um, written, I think, in 2019. I believe that's the year. A couple of Harvard uh, researchers did a bunch of research on what leadership values people want. And when they kind of boiled it all down, um, basically it says it in the tagline of the book. It says, the Athena Doctrine, why women and the men who think like them will rule the future. Because the leadership kind of qualities that 64,000 people and 13 countries want are the values that are viewed as, quote, feminine values. But really, they're just about sharing, listening, and uh, collaborating, like we were just talking about. So, And Athena is the goddess of wisdom and mediation and all of those things. So that's where Athena Village comes from. Mm, I like the background there. Nice, yeah. nice background story. <laughs> um, did you, so did you always plan to have um, a network? Like, is your, is it part of your business model? Cause I know you do, you said earlier, you do some uh, coaching. Uh, is it part of like a pillar of your business or, or did you decide you were going to charge for the network or is it free? Tell us a little <laughs> bit about that. Um, well, it is now. I'm a, there's, when I went through coach training, one of the tools that we learned about is called the Colby assessment, which measures your work style, basically, your modus operandi. And on the Colby assessment, I'm a very high quick start, which means I'm a visionary and I get big ideas, a lot of big ideas, and I let some of them percolate and don't act on them for a while, or I just dive right in and do it now. So I'm kind of all over the board. So you asked me, is it a pillar? I don't kind of build like that. I just sort of do it when I, I launch and learn, which frankly drives my business partner, Joy, a little bit nuts. She told me today to put the brakes on. She's the brakes to my lead foot, So, which is good. We need brakes in a car, don't we? Um, it is now. So the other parts of my business are the salons that I told you about, the So Do It salons, which are a 13-week um, program that I run. They're going virtual now. They used to be in person. Um, and I also do some consulting. I, you know, Once in a while, I will help people put their uh, communities together, but I'm a big picture person. I'm not the you know, nuts and bolts. I'm not somebody who's going to sit there and, and, you know, be their community manager. I wouldn't be a very good community manager because I, <laughs> I need to hire that for myself, frankly. Um, 
so it is a pillar of my business now, but what is that? Isn't there some kind of a saying about building the plane while you're flying it? That's kind of how I do my business. I don't think you're, I, I don't advise that. <laughs> Find someone else who's really good at the, at the building part and then work with the visionary like me. Hmm, I, I don't like know that. if that makes sense to you, but. Yeah. And I think that's kind of, you know, I, for myself, my personal journey of community building has just changed so much over the last year. And as I learned, even in the last two months, I relaunched Find Kong Here Community in June, did a soft launch in May, and then launched publicly in June. And it's been such a learning experience because the members are teaching me like what's really helpful and how can I and I'm not really just creating content necessarily. I'm creating mm-hmm. content based on their feedback and based on what their interests are and if it's going to be purposeful and, and useful or not. And mm-hmm. so that I was talking to a client earlier today because she had a similar like, well, do I have to build all of these things and then expect them to kind of like build it and then they'll come or should I, you know, I feel like I have to have a plan. And I said, I get you because I felt like I had to have a plan to have it all figured out and have all the answers. And it was kind of like in June, I'm like, I don't really know exactly what I'm doing, but I'm going to invite these people in and I'm going to chat with them and see. And Mm -hmm. I, I recommended that to her because sometimes it's just really all about like, you don't know necessarily what the people want to participate and do in there until you kind of explore and with them in this kind of a co co-creation um, phase is what I kind co-creation. of co-creation. There you go. And there's also, I don't know about you, Deb, but I love being in on the early phase of things. I like that uh, early adopter. I like that, you know, whenever somebody says, would you like to be in on the beta of this? I'm like, yeah, count me in. But there are a lot of people who don't want to be there. So for me as a community builder, getting those people into my community who really love that beta phase and who want to be a part of that and who love it when I say to them, hey, you guys, I'm a launch and learn kind of person. So come on in, help me by being part of the legacy members of a community or a program or something. And I love messengers. I will hug a messenger. We don't kill messengers here. We hug them and let me know what's working for you and what's not working for you. And so that's basically joy. My partner will say uh, we're a community built by community. And that's kind of a, that's definitely how we're doing it. And so that's, you know, that's to me is a real cornerstone actually of, I think, how community is built. You get those people who love that phase. And then once it's kind of rolling and as a coach, there's sort of a, a, there's a cycle. There's that kind of rebirth part of the cycle. And then you kind of get into that where you're trying things and you're testing and you're doing things. And then as Martha Beck calls it, she calls it the land of milk and honey when everything is just kind of going along fine. But that to me is the boring part. I want to like break something and then get back into the start over part. So that's why I would be a terrible community manager because (laughs) I, well, not that I would break anything, but I like the startup. I like the creating new things and making things work. So, you know, let 
we love early adopters. <laughs> we love people who like to help us create stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Currently, I just, so I just um, uh, signed with a client that I am going to be a transition manager <laughs> for See, him. that'll work. Um, as somebody who is helping him restructure his Mighty Network because he had launched a number of years ago. He has over 7,000 people in his Mighty Network, but now he mm -hmm. wants to move. He had opted to, to offer some free resources in the free space and then have some uh, areas for courses that were paid, but now he's moving in that transition. And so we're working on that because he wants to go to a donation model. And so we're kind mm -hmm. of getting clear on the structure of, okay, so how is this all going to work? How are we communicating with the members to let them know, you know, here's what's changing and we're going to give you time to like see all the new features so that you can mm -hmm. understand like, is this a place, a, your tribe, is this where you want to be? And so yes. I love doing that kind of work of like mm -hmm. the, the discovery is one of my favorite parts of exactly. community building. Cause I like talking to people and kind of learning like what really lights them up or what really stresses them out because then I can know like, okay, well this is, you know, if this is stressing you out, we're not going to do so much of that. And we're going to do more of the thing that lights yeah. you up. And so let's identify those really great things. <laughs> well, and learning little things, like I just read something yesterday that was like, oh, that's so dang simple, but perfect. They said, don't ask questions like, is there anything that's not working for you? Don't ask that. Say, tell us one thing that we can do better. Change the word any to one. That you'll get better responses from people if you just change the word any to one. Because people can usually think of one thing that we could do better. But if you leave it so wide open by saying any, that they it just sort of, you know, deer in the headlights. And as a community um, builder, those simple, simple tweaks like that, it's like, wow, that's mm -hmm. kind of brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? But, you know, <laughs> and that's why I love talking to other community builders, because we can learn so much from each other. Oh, and questions are, are you know, being able to like perceive and understand what somebody's saying and then asking the right question. One of the things that I learned too recently is somebody, I think a coach or somebody I was talking to kind of shared this wisdom with me and I really like it of what's really working instead of what's not working or name one thing that isn't because mm -hmm. what you can replicate what's really working well or identify, oh, this is why that's working mm -hmm. and then base it on a positive instead of going to the negative of like, oh, why, yes. why isn't this working? You know, yeah. that's another kind of flip that I also recommend to um, people when they're looking to do a restructure plan or, or maybe they launched and then they're looking, you know, for support as a community manager because I've done that and mm -hmm. just kind of addressing like, you know, here's the things that you want to keep doing to create this, to grow, right? We're talking mm -hmm. about growth, uh, you know, if you've already launched and you're, you're looking to grow your membership and how do you do that? It's like, what's, what are the members showing up for now? If they, mm -hmm. if you've got a lot of really great interaction on certain posts or polls, or if there's a really great event that like a whole bunch of people show up to, you know, things like that are going to work versus the things that you know, people aren't attending. So I think that's looking at a perspective of what's the positive here and what's really lighting us up. And not only as like a host identifying, like, what do we enjoy participating in? One of the uh, podcast interviews I did was she had mentioned about 
what communities she's in. And so when people are talking to me about community building, I said, well, what communities do you like to participate in? Mm -hmm. Where are you hanging out? Because then you can really address and see like, oh, okay, this is how I show up in these spaces. And then it's really, um, it's really helpful to have insight as far as like what I like to do and then being able to look at it from a member perspective. So Mm -hmm. I think those are all fun um, ways to, to view community building when you're like either either when you're starting out as a, you know, somebody who's just starting community or somebody who's like, okay, some things aren't working. So, and you'll inevitably have all of those things, right? You'll inevitably have something that you start and then you, you tweak, you know, try something and then you tweak it and you say, okay, well, this didn't really quite work the way I thought it was going to go. And now we're going to go somewhere different. So I think that's, that's the, to me is the fun part of just kind of testing beta testing and, and trial and error kind of stuff for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what else can we talk about in community building that I haven't asked you yet? I love the idea of um, launching and learning of trying things and being totally transparent about what you are doing in your community. And, you know, maybe some, maybe that wouldn't work in a community that needs to be, um, I I can't even think, maybe like a medical, if it's a a community around medical knowledge or something that has to be an expert and, you know, they can't afford to say, yeah, we really don't know what we're doing here. But in, um, in social type communities like ours, I'm really a, a huge proponent of being very transparent about the fact that we're not perfect. Um, One of the things that I am, that I don't love are the, um, and I think I see a lot of communities going away from this is the kind of the my way or the highway sort of thing. You know, um, I have the 10 ways to change your life. I really am much more apt to join a community or to be attracted to an event that says, has a personal um, bent to it that says, I've personally tried this. This is what works for me. And I'd love to share that with you so that there's like a personal twist to the story that's being told. That's why Joy and I talk about, you know, telling stories and having authentic conversations around those stories and the journeys that we have all been on. Uh, And I, I think that the conversations that we can facilitate around those journeys can have huge, huge benefits to people and creating, I don't know, I heard someone say, no, it's not a safe space. It's a brave space, but I'm not exactly sure what the difference between those two are, but a private place where people can have these sometimes difficult conversations. Um, And as a community builder, I want to make sure that I create those safe and private spaces where those conversations can happen and they're not being spied on or, you know, no one's going to send them. You don't say the word engaged and all of a sudden the next day you're getting engagement ring, you know, (laughs) that happened to a friend of mine. She's like, what? I haven't been on a date in two years and I'm getting engagement ring ads. And, you know, so privacy is a really big deal for me too, is that these spaces we're creating are very protected spaces. It's really important. 
Yeah. So we talked a little bit about that earlier, but like um, finding calm to me uh, is eliminating the distractions that other social media platforms have. That's why I selected the Money Network and you did too, it sounds like. And Mm -hmm. creating a safe space is a lot about what your onboarding process is to me. I think it's really important to, when you're bringing people in, to let them know that it is okay to say, say what they need to hear, express what they need to, and then how we convey a safe space as a host is to be able to just say, you know what? I'm not perfect either. I made a lot of mistakes. And guess what? Here's one of them I'll share with you. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. just being really super vulnerable. And I've found that there's just so much power in vulnerability. It's hard. It's, it takes a brave person. When you talk about brave, I think, you know, being vulnerable is, is something that it takes a lot of bravery to do and courage to do and saying, I think as online, like, marketing people would say, you know, everything's supposed to be perfect. We're supposed to have these beautiful websites and lovely logos and uh, email lists full of people and all of this Mm -hmm. stuff. And the reality is that's just not how things are. Mm -mm. (laughs) And it takes a lot of time and energy and effort to build an online business or to do these different adventures online. And so we we all make mistakes. And so that vulnerability aspect will then allow people to say, oh, Deb's being really vulnerable and sharing this thing. So I, why, why can't I do that too? I can share what mm-hmm. I'm working on and ask people uh, for help because that's, mm-hmm. and the number one thing I learned this year is to ask others for help. Cause I was that like, I got this, I'll do yeah. it. I got it. Yeah. I was like the person that I don't need any help. I can do this on my own, you know, and this year was major, major, like Deb ask for help. Yeah. <laughs> and I just yeah. have really accepted that this year for sure. Well, and that, that's one of the things that I'm excited about in, uh, we just launched the um, collective, the official collective member in our um, kind of the shop owner member in the village. And what's kind of shaping up is that the various zones of genius of the various collective members in this group of women will be able to support one another. And, you know, one woman is really great with websites. Another woman is, she knows how to do Dubsado and all that. Another woman is great with self-care and another woman, you know, so it's going to be this really fabulous group of not only will we be able to do business together, but we'll, we'll be able to support one another. And that learning how to ask for help, you're learning it earlier in life than I ever did. And I'm, (laughs) you're very lucky that you did that. Um, I posted in our community, we have a, uh, we do a share post once a week because we try and keep all the sales posts out of our, what what we call the village square, the kind of lobby area or whatever some people call it in the um, network. And once a week we do a share post where people can post their, their events or the things that they're selling and so on. And I posted that I, my personal Kelly Pratt website got hacked in 2020, totally stolen and went away completely. And I wasn't going to pay the $500 to get it back. So I just left it and I started building it myself again. And I posted the other day and said, Hey, it's in parentheses, not quite done. Take a look at it guys. And someone posted and said, boy, you're brave telling us to go look at it before it's done. I was like, well, heck, you know, 
tell me what you find that's not quite done because I, I maybe missed a link or something's misspelled and I'm terrible at proofing for myself. But she thought I was really brave just putting it out there before it was totally perfect. That's one thing in my six decades I've learned. Perfection is not, that's totally the enemy of progress. Perfection is the biggest enemy of progress. So yeah, have at it. Go look at it. I don't, it's not done yet, but (laughs) take a look at it. I I feel you on the website. I, I redid my, I had a graphic designer do my website a year ago when I first launched. And then when I relaunched, I, I just, I wanted to learn WordPress myself. And Mm -hmm. um, so I started to learn it and it was quite the adventure. And I got, you know, to a place where I liked the front page, but then I was trying to add other pages and I couldn't figure out. And I said, you know what? I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm done. (laughs) I spent enough time on my front page and it's fine. So I just added like links that link to somewhere else, like Bonsai Mm -hmm. for my um, content management and things like that, you know, and that's okay. And And that's perfectly fine. Cause like later, if I really want to do something, I'll eventually do those things that I want to do, you know, but done is better than perfect. Right. Well, and that's in a, in our communities, no, regardless of what platform you're using, If your community members are having conversations, if they're connecting with one another, that's what's important. And if, you know, if all the graphics aren't perfect and all of that, it's the connection of the members to one another. That's what's important. And sometimes I think we forget about that and we spend way too much time worrying about, oh no, it's not centered on the, you know, in the little window. It's just that, what does that really matter? Yeah. It sounds like that's what helped you find calm. Is there any one, one specific thing that you could think of that you learned in the last, you know, year of doing this that has helped you? Absolutely. Um, I, in June of 2020, I brought on a partner in the village and her name is Joy Akanke and Joy and I met in 2010 at a Lisa Sonora uh, creativity retreat in Mexico. And we've never met in person again since then. And so, but we've stayed in contact. She's a, a marketing person. And when we reconnected um, this, you know, we reconnected right after COVID hit. And I just said, I want to have a partner, someone, another person's eye in this. And like I said, she's the brakes to my lead foot. And that really helped me to bring calm. Someone I can talk to think through things with. And then just today, actually, uh, Joy and I uh, had a conversation with the third leg to our stool. Um, she, Joy and I are visionary kind of people. And Shante Jennings is coming on to work with us. And she's the doer. She's the person who does things like set up Dubsado and do the posting and, you know, all of the the action kind of stuff. So that's what helps bring calm. I know how to do all those things and I can do them, but I'm much better at the visionary piece of it and talking to people and imagining what can be done, telling someone else, and then she loves to do it. So now we've got those, we've got the three legs to our sturdy little three-legged stool. So that's what brings me calm. 
Nice. Yeah, great. That's great. Uh, bringing on people to help you in any part of your journey, uh, whether it's a partner or just, a, you know, somebody that helps you. I just hired a podcast editor because Good while I you. know how to edit the podcast, I have a workflow now that works really well for this because I'm still new. I was so resistant a year ago to a podcast, but now that I'm like, this is episode 52, so we're 52 <sighs> episode. no, we're 51, 50, 51 or 52. I can't remember which one this will be, but <laughs> um, this week, this coming up Sunday, I'll be my 50th. And it's just been a, a, a long journey and it takes a lot of time to do something like this. And so what I realized is that I had somebody, I, she wanted to help me and I said, what would you like to help me with? And that's what she said. And I said, perfect. This is how I do it. And now she puts in a, in Trello. She tags me. She goes, here's the podcast episode. It's in the Google oh. Drive. And I'm just like, perfect. <gasps> Yay. Yay. <laughs> so it's, oh, just, it's just the uh, amount of joy that peace and calm that brings myself to then be able to like refocus my energy on the client work that I'm doing mm -hmm. and the marketing and all of these other aspects. So, and she yeah, loves what he, she's doing and she's loving it. So, and she said she's learning from like listening to the conversations and stuff. Good. So just really great. It's a great thing. So I think that's a great way to end our, 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 uh, our episode here today is just talking about being open to collaboration. And I love that. So thanks for sharing and collaborating with me on this episode. I appreciate that. Please tell us where, if anybody wants to learn more about Athena Village, they can do that. We have a website. It's athenavillage.com. And you can also learn more about uh, my community and what I'm doing at kellypratt.com. There you go. Very good. Thank you so much for sharing all of your awesome wisdom and community building experience with us. Uh, for everybody who's listening, uh, make sure to check out Athena Village. It's a great space. I really enjoy being there and dropping in when I can. And until the next time, I hope you're all finding calm in any moment, wherever you are, whenever this episode finds you uh, in your day, morning, evening, afternoon. Find calm, take care, and we'll see you next time. Bye.